0: Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you sell yourself with more confidence and take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth create real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it! Meet Bethan Wynn. Bethan is a critical thinking facilitator, speaker, and coach. Bethan believes that critical thinking skills are vital for the future of work. They help you make conscious and confident decisions, solve problems, support you to act in line with your values and purpose, prioritize, save time and save money. Bethan believes that these timeless skills can help you be flexible in the face of ever-changing situations and information. And best of all, Bethan teaches them in a fun, easy, memorable, and practical way. Having seen Bethan in action myself, I 100% agree that she makes it fun as hell. I'm pumped to have Bethan on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast today. Let's dive on in. All right. Well, welcome Bethan Wynn, to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm so pumped to have you here today. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you
1: for having me. I'm really excited too. I'm looking forward to the chat.
0: <laughs> now, and we both know, as we did discuss before we jumped on the call, that we do love a good yarn. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to keep keep ourselves on track and not and not go off on a number of different tangents that we know that we got a strong <laughs> tendency to do. But it's all all in the name of fun. And I'm Absolutely. I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast because I think not only do I know you're a wealth of knowledge in all things kind of critical thinking problem solving decision making space but you do it with fun you do it with fun <laughs> and energy and humor and just relatability and warmth and so i think for me that is really one of the reasons why i've been quite drawn to you and the work that you do because you just keep it real
1: oh thank you claire yeah absolutely i'm all about how, how can we make the mundane magic or how can we bring a sense of play and humor to things because you know at the end of the day we learn more when we're in a good mood and when we're smiling because if you're in fight or flight mode your brain doesn't want to absorb new information so there's always method in my madness when i start a workshop with you know what's made you smile or some Terrible jokes. I'm like, well, you're either laughing at me or laughing with me. So, at least, <laughs> bit, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm all for a cheesy mom joke and talking about chocolate and relating it to leadership or whatever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Bring it on. Bring it on. So, tell us a little bit. I,
0: I've sort of done a little bit of a, an intro to you and, you know, that you're a speaker, coach, facilitator on kind of all things critical thinking and problem solving. But I'm sure the listeners would love to hear a bit about you and your story. So do you want to just walk us through kind of, you know, who you are, what you stand for and how, how you've kind of gotten into the, into the
1: world of critical thinking and problem solving? Sure. Well, my background's in education. I qualified as a teacher many years ago in London, earned my stripes in South London high schools teaching English and media and then we came to Perth 12 years ago and I was lucky enough to get a job at UWA and there I was working mainly with international students who were going into the university so doing bridging programs and as part of that I did a lot of kind of humanities subjects and they asked me to write a critical thinking program for pre-master's students so international and mature students and I was like yeah sure I could do that. That sounds fun. And that's the classic, what's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, where, you know, your skill level is low, but your confidence is high. And then gradually you go, oh, wow, there's a lot more to this. And the confidence plummeted, but the skills and knowledge built up. And I could see so many parallels between critical thinking and sort of mindset stuff, decision making, things that I'd studied and read for my personal life. And I suddenly was like, oh, there's like actual, you know, frameworks and substance and research and stuff behind all of this. So I just for fun, because I'm weird, made a little program for some friends to do for over six weeks, and they loved it. And some of them worked in like HR or training spaces. And they said, there's a market for this. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know anything about business in a you know corporate kind of sense at the time and i was going all right i don't know i don't know what people need or want and that was actually just before covid hit so there was kind of this weird time where i was like starting the business but stuck at home with my kids and trying to build a profile and stuff but it's yeah, it's just gained momentum more and more. So, you know, in two and a half years, I've now sort of built up some amazing clients, doing speeches, become the, you know, boss lady in terms of the finances of the business and all that stuff. So yeah, it's an amazing development journey. But what I always try and do is, like you said, keep it real. Things like, you know, learning and fun and sustainability and community are part of my core values. So I always use that when I'm making decisions about the business. You know, if I'm going, do I want to do this or that? And I'm going, you know, there's, I think it's Tony Robbins All decision-making is a values clarifying exercise. If you know what's important, then, you know, it's it's always serendipitous, right? Doing a fundraiser for food bank or making the business carbon neutral, has led to other opportunities even though that's not why I was doing it you know there's always a kind of heart behind the decisions that I make and my clients really appreciate that as well I think just that that genuineness and openness about you know my own journey and imposter syndrome and all of those things yeah. <laughs> that come along the way uh, so that's kind of how I got here I suppose yeah a great
0: story and and it really I think just you know critical thinking problem solving decision making that whole space is something that's relevant to literally every single person on earth yes but i i know i can can i can speak for myself and say i don't think it's something that i've ever really consciously stepped back and thought about like how do i what is the skill set that sits behind being able to think critically to problem solve to make decisions and we know that Emotion must play a huge part in some of mm. these, some of these as well. I'm sure you'll probably touch on that, but mm. how, so for you, like it really is, it's a future fit skill that, that we know we're seeing in the world economic forum as being critical on the list of future fit skills, but we don't, I mean, I'm sure you would probably agree it's needed. It's needed now. And it's <laughs> certainly been needed in the past, really our whole lives, but yeah. for you, what is the, the attraction about this particular skill set
1: that, that excites you? Well, like you said, I think it's just so useful to have that in your back pocket, day in, day out, because, you know, some studies say we make like 30,000 decisions in a day, and it's not that we think we need to think critically about all of them, because literally you just, it would be a complete paralysis, you'd never do anything, but being able to take that step back and go, right, what's actually important right now, we get hung up on the kind of mundane little things whereas really it's the big picture stuff you know putting it in perspective and going right this is the major life choices that I need to make whether it's career or where you live or uh, life partner business partner have kids not have kids you know those big things that's what's really consequential and irreversible in our lives and sometimes we make those decisions just in a kind of default way you fall into them and then go you know 5 years down the track oh how how did i get here what what led to this situation and the more we can kind of take control of those decisions not just go like the things that persuade us there's things called logical fallacies argument tricks so you might have gone with what seemed popular at the time or what your parents said or what some expert in another field said or Gosh, there's so many so many things that, that influence our thinking, That really when we dig down into it, shouldn't have a hold over us and the way that we choose our lives. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of like taking responsibility, taking control and being self-aware in what you're doing so that, you know, you can wake up and be like, yes, this is where I want to be. And it just makes me so sad. I'm sure you've got clients as well where they go, oh, I, I don't know how I got here. I don't like my job, but I feel stuck. And I'm like, there's always an option, right? We get caught in this false dichotomy, this black and white thinking of, oh, I've either got to do this job full time and never see my kids, or I've got to, I don't know, be a stay at home mom, for example. You're like, no, no, there's, there's so many other options out there. And I think, you know, I, I'm really kind of proud of the fact that I've created a situation where, you know, I've, found a business and a lifestyle that really works for me what works for me is not going to work for for you for anyone else you know it's all unique i'm not an expert on your decisions but i can help you think about your decisions because you know it's it's that literally like individual responsibility and individual awareness
0: yeah <laughs> great i think i think that's so powerful and i think i resonate so much even with what you say around how just influences whether it's parents or whatever's popular at the moment or what what might be hitting us unconsciously through various social media platforms and the impact that that's having on our ability to, Mm. to see what other decisions may or may not be available to us as well. And so I'm keen. I'd love to, to kind of bring this to life a little bit. So let's just like pretend I'm a client and I'm coming to you, Beth, and going, help me, help me. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I, I, I can't, you know, my, my thinking feels clouded. I just feel stuck and lost. How, you know, and let, let's maybe use the career context. So maybe I am, you know, a professional corporate woman. I, I'm trying to juggle kids and a family. I'm feeling a bit lost in my career or a bit stuck and I, and, and I, and I, and I just need some some help. Where um, would you start that process with your clients from the critical thinking, decision-making, problem-solving kind of lens?
1: Okay, I guess a conversation like that, I really like Michael Bungay Stania's starter where you just go, what's on your mind? Because sometimes we just need to (laughs) you know, let it all out (laughs) and then get a clear picture of what the situation is. And then it's really interesting when people do that to hear their language, you know, how much sort of blame are they putting on other things external to themselves? How much responsibility are they taking for where they're at? What are their boundaries and constraints? And often you can sort of, nudge those or question those a bit. And and it's not necessarily about, you know, changing things in one session, because if we've got a set of beliefs about anything, ourselves, about the world or an opinion on something, you're not going to change it like that if it's something that's core to you. So, you know, for example, they might say, oh, well, I have to stay in my job because I have this mortgage and I'm supporting my husband and three kids and they're in private school and all this. And, any yes that we want to say we've got to say no to something else right it's sort of basic decision making stuff so you're going okay if you are desperately unhappy in your current situation what can you change what's within your control because sometimes it's about changing the situation so you might say do the kids have to go to private school do you do you have to stay in that house like what would it mean to I don't know move somewhere smaller rent it out look at the options Like sell an investment property as often kind of what's you know, there's, there's other things because we only have one life, right? And, and you go, if you were in the same situation in 10 years time, how would you feel about that? And if they are like, well, I probably want to kill myself, but hopefully in a jokey manner, then you go, right, well, then we can start to put things in place now, baby steps. It's not about throwing everything out and starting over but going, right, what what would an ideal situation look like? Get them to think about the alternative vision. And you kind of touched on it then. You need to see it to be it. So, you know, speaking to people who've made that transition is something that I'm a big um, advocate for. You know, speaking to people outside of your echo chamber, because however life currently looks, it can always look different. And sometimes it's not necessarily about changing all the externals, but sometimes it's a bit about changing the internals as well. I love... You know, you go, oh, God, I've got to go and do this thing. Like, I've got to go and take my mom shopping or whatever. And it's like, no, hang on a minute. I I get to go and take my mom shopping. There's so many people that can't do that, particularly right now, right? And so changing our framing of the situation can be really helpful too. You know, I remember years ago, a colleague of mine saying, I've got the best job in the world. And he just had the same kind of job as me. This is when we were teaching. And he's like, I've made it the best job in the world because... You know, although on the face of it, he was the mm, media teacher, I think, at the time. He actually, you know, he did the Adventure Club with the students and he got to go and take them up Bluff Knoll and do these yeah. awesome projects and help kids make movies and all this kind of stuff. Like, like he designed that job and, and got the by being great at the job, he was given more responsibility and, and he made it great because of his whole attitude and approach to it. And I was like, yes, you know, you, you can do a lot. But sometimes when we're stuck in that victim kind of mindset of, oh, this is all happening to me. This is all being pushed on me. I don't like it. I'm not going to try. We create our own stories and we create our own beliefs. And then we, you know, confirmation bias, we seek evidence to support that, whatever it might be. So it's yeah, I love to see with people going, OK. You said that. What does that mean? And just unpacking stuff as you go along and that naivety sometimes of like, oh, why is that? Why does it have to be like that? Is really useful because when you explain it, you go, oh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. Those, those penny drops, those realizations. Yeah. Mm.
0: And I, I love what you're saying as well around the echo chamber piece and, and what are we doing to consciously expand our echo chamber because Mm. we often you know it's really easy to keep being the victim or keep thinking that everything is happening to us when we're surrounded Mm. by a small chamber of people who are echoing the same sentiments so I do think it's so important that we consciously find ways to to break out of that and I I always have this saying like our brain our brain believes what we tell it so tell it something good like yeah. we can complete control around what we choose to tell ourselves so let's tell ourselves something that is useful.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, look, I think it's it's realistic to go, yeah, you know, sometimes it does get overwhelming even if you from an external, you know, I've got friends who go, "Wow, you've created this like perfect life." And I'm like, no, no, I still have moments where I feel rubbish or it's hard or I have to have a difficult conversation or chase an invoice or have a cry because it all feels a bit much. But that's normal. That is life. Nobody has it amazing all the time. And, you know, you can go on anybody's Instagram and go, oh, my God, it's so perfect. But we all have stuff we have to do and uh, that we don't necessarily get scream and shout and get excited about. But it's, hopefully it's not our whole lives. You know, we, we choose our heart. I'm sure you've heard that before, Claire. like You choose your hard. My hard might be going for a run, but I know that if I choose that hard, it's better than feeling crap at the end of the day and not mm-hmm. being able to sleep because I've just been sat at a desk for the rest of the day. So yeah, it's it's about being aware of those choices that we're making all mm-hmm. the time, and and being willing to do the hard thing that's going to have the payoff later on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, what do you think, Bethan, in terms of if we if we sort of
0: think about women in leadership in particular how do you like what ways do you see that we can bring more consciously bring kind of those critical thinking skills and problem solving skills into the
1: way that we work and lead I think there's definitely some stuff there around the lead you know there's we're, we're fed as you know right we're primed from a very young age I think I'm 39 now so I'm so excited for like the next generation of young female leaders like the women in our female leaders project who are getting those messages of you can be so much you know because it's taken me years personally to unpack that thing around you know am I should I be allowed to have a voice here am I allowed in this room all of that stuff about you know almost like a seen and not heard kind of childhood you know not that it was that bad but you know coming from a very shy small town in wales kind of upbringing spotty chubby all of those things they still sit in the back of my mind so i've had to like really work on that stuff and go where's the evidence you know where is the evidence to support these stories and beliefs and when you sit down and you logically unpack them you go god this is crazy. Like where, where does this negativity or this imposter syndrome or or whatever it is, where does it come from? And I I like to have those reminders sometimes just around me, even in the office over here, I've, I've physically printed off some photos from like giving speeches or workshops or like a storytelling night that I did, like all this stuff to remind me I can be amazing (laughs) so when I'm sat here in my pajamas going oh god I'm writing a quote you know like thinking about work stuff just to go no I can do this I can do this really well and have those testimonials to hand to to help me reinforce those beliefs about you know I have a place here and that my decisions if I was in like a leadership team like my decisions are just as important and valuable and correct in the situation as anybody else's because sometimes we you know we, we shrink ourselves make ourselves smaller in order to fit in and really we we need women in leadership to use their voices to stand up and be strong and be brave have the uncomfortable conversations look for the allies that they need to be heard because You know, the fact that someone's got whichever genitalia doesn't mean they're any better at doing the job. And yet, if, you know, you've grown up in an environment where it's like, oh, the the men are the leaders. You know, my family was very traditional. The community that I grew up in was very traditional. And and I love that it's changing. And we just need to be confident in that, not be um, scared by somebody's job title, not be scared of, you know, the CEO or the CFO, because everybody's human. And I think that's what women particularly, or many women, can bring to the table, is that kind of understanding and the empathy that we we tend to be better at the emotional intelligence and seeing the humanity of a person. And that's why I get, you know, I often say, you know, let's start with a smile, something that's made you smile, because then, you know, even for me, it reminds me, oh, hey, you know, the, the managing director's in the corner, but he or she is just as human and, you know, is training a puppy or looking after their mum at the weekend or taking their kids to football whatever is the thing and you go it's a person it's just a person who's trying their best and we're all just kind of big kids trying our best trying not to let our childhood stories cloud our judgment and let our egos get in the way because you know, we're just people, people are people and people are fallible. So yeah, I I hope that's helpful.
0: (laughs) I think you're, I think you're spot on, like just bringing the human element back into everything we do. We waste so much time getting caught up in ego and hierarchy and job titles. And I can't speak to this person because they've got senior on their title or, you know, all these things. And it just really plays. And and, and for a lot of us, because we've had those belief structures for so long, or we were raised Mm -hmm. in that way or You know, that was the early, early part of our career. That kind of was the way things were. And so trying to like unlearn some of those can take time. But I like what you're saying around like, you know, having the, having the courageous conversation, but I I would also add to that too and say, sometimes having the courageous conversation um, and all believing that you, you know, what you have to share and say and offer is valuable. I also add to that around what is the courageous question? That we also need to ask because sometimes it's about just how can we shift a conversation forward through Mm -hmm. asking a powerful question and a lot of the work that i do with clients they'll come and say oh my manager says i need to speak up more or i need to share my you know my thoughts on things or whatever and and so then they come in thinking that so every meeting that they go into they're now just sitting in that meeting thinking about have to say something, have to say something, have to have to share a thought or an opinion. And then they end up not being really present in the room or being mindful of mm-hmm. in, in the room because they're now so caught up in like must have opinion, must have opinion, must have opinion.
1: Yeah, and so mm-hmm. I
0: I often say I think that there are ways that we can drive conversations forward through asking a bold or powerful question or even through our body language and the way that we demonstrate that we're engaged and and aligned Mm. with what somebody else is saying and so I I think we we need to look at the full picture that's available to us as 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 humans as humans and how can we continue to to share our thinking to to solve problems to make decisions in ways that aren't always just adding on another layer of dialogue
1: (laughs) Mm. yeah absolutely I really that really resonates with me and and in so many areas we I know for myself personally, you know, I was very shy, very self-conscious as a teenager and in my early 20s. So what you were saying there about must say something clever. That was my whole university life, going to seminars on literature, going, oh, these people are all smarter than me. Must just say something. And that would be the whole session just building up to any contribution at all, essentially. Whereas a lot of that is because we have this spotlight bias, right? We think everybody's looking at us. We think everybody's judging us. But actually, everybody's worried about themselves. So whether it's, you know, in a networking situation or a boardroom situation or whatever, if you can take the focus off you and onto other people and go, that was a great point. I love what you said there. Can you expand on that? Or what a great idea or oh, I, we could add to that, you know, the yes and kind of approach. Then it, it takes the focus off yourself. And then that person feels amazing because you've shone the, your spotlight on them. Yeah, they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel valued, and they feel like you like them, you know, you're paying attention to them, and then they are more likely to like you. That's how humans work. If we think somebody likes us, like Claire, I, I think you like me. So I, I do, like you. <laughs> I do, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, and it's crazy because if you think about it, you know, if there's someone that you're like, you feel very negatively towards, oh, there's that guy, he's coming, oh, they feel that. They, you know, we kind of give off that energy towards them. Whereas if we can just even pretend to start with, you know, offer a smile, welcome them in, how's it going, show an interest in them as a person or their ideas and kind of flip that because a good leader is not about showing off, is not about being amazing. It's about getting other people to be amazing and encouraging them to be their best. So, you know, there's, there's all that focus on it's it's about me and it's like it's it's really not everybody's everybody's self-interested at the end of the day Mm -hmm. but if you can find those win-win situations you make someone else feel good make them look great then that reflects well on you as well you know if, if i'm meeting someone that we both know for coffee and i say hey claire's amazing then not only do you look good, but it makes me look good because I say positive things about people that I think, you know, I share that with the world. So it can sound a bit Pollyanna and a bit twee sometimes, but uh, it, it amazes me how just having a good conversation with someone that previously you thought there was an issue with and being open about stuff. Even make a joke of it. Hey, I, th- I thought you didn't like me because of the way that you, I don't know, burnt my toasty <laughs> so, I don't know it can it can yeah a good conversation can just make such a huge difference I've been in situations where two parties are like yeah we need to get legal in we need to lawyer up for this we need to like be ready to butt heads with these people and and I'm the one on the side going, guys can we just like try being nice and listening to them and making them feel heard and and suddenly that just like you know like we've pissed on the fire like <laughs> it's all just, <laughs> all just kind of fizzled out that anger that they thought they had towards this party just went away because we put a human face on it and yeah. admitted you know if, if you've done something wrong don't try and fudge it don't cover you you know even with my husband we have these conversations I go look okay I should have done that the night before And that's what's led to the stressful morning. But, you know, if I can take accountability for that, can you take accountability for, I don't know, blowing up at the kids and swearing or whatever, you know, (laughs) those kind of boring (laughs) conversations. But it applies in all different areas. And this is why, you know, I came into my business going, oh, you know, I don't have a lot of corporate experience, but people are people. Mm -hmm. And uh, the more conversations I have with people in all sides of business, all, you know, not-for-profits, government, everything... We're all human at the end of the day, and the things that we need, like, to feel heard, to feel valued, to feel seen, to feel like we're making a contribution, that there's some purpose to what we're doing, it's the same for everyone. And some of us are more open about that than others. I think you and I are (laughs) quite... frank in our conversations but sometimes people take a little bit longer to open up yeah offer people that it's amazing yeah it makes a huge difference
0: I think you're spot on there and and so you've touched on some great pieces already around like stop spotlight and you spoke about sort of conscious bias and all of these things that we hold and I guess it's like a muscle isn't it it's you know if we really want to get better at it and we really want to get better at you know our own levels of self-awareness and challenging our own thinking we've got to consciously keep doing it as often as we can but i'm curious to know from you like what other maybe tips or tricks or hacks do you do you have in your kind of toolkit that you might be open to sharing with the listeners around how they can kind of help you know bring help help themselves make decisions more easily or or problem solve you know maybe more effectively have you got any little tips your gold nuggets
1: you're willing to share <laughs> there's a there's a really cute one which is very quick and easy the coin flip technique and it works if you've got a magic eight ball as well where you are kind of you know if it's a decision that you're overthinking and it's not that much of a big deal you know do i go to the gym tonight do i not flip a coin heads is gym tails is not by the time it lands it's something there's something magic happens like your gut feel just kicks in And you know, when, when it lands one way and you go, oh, no, I I don't like that. I want it to go again. Then that's telling you, your gut feel is no, I don't want to do it. You know? So I had one the other day, do I go to this networking event? That's a bit of a schlep, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, did the coin flip. It was in a workshop. You know, I often kind of share whatever problems or decisions I've got to make with the group and yeah, it landed on no, don't go. And I was like, no, yeah, I do. I do want to go. Yeah, but I could have spent an hour overthinking it. Yeah. And it's amazing how even conversations where logically this is the right answer, doing that coin flip technique with someone and, and they just go, do you know what? No, no, it's not necessarily the most, you know, sound, logical, financial decision, but this is actually what I want. Like we're, we're drawn with our gut yeah. and, you know, our kind of subconscious, we, we, we kind of know what we want. At the end of the day and if we're like we've talked about just before coming on like sometimes we make decisions and in that moment you might say oh it doesn't necessarily to an outsider make sense but but i, I made this choice and then suddenly other things just seem to fall into place because i followed my gut instinct on it And there's a lot of research to support you know our, our gut instinct is very good right but when it comes to like a business decision if you're in a leadership position and someone's going huh why did you make that choice we, we we have this thing called choice supportive bias like whatever choice we've made our brains are very clever at then finding the evidence to support why we want to do that particular thing but sometimes you know a bit of ass covering as well you need to make sure <laughs> that you can back that up and um so spending a little bit of time going well know what's the best case scenario here because often we get hung up on the worst case right what's the best case scenario what what could happen as a result of this what's the worst case scenario can i live with the worst case scenario am i willing to put my neck on the line for that potential worst case scenario or what can i do to mitigate against that you know so all of that you know almost like a health and safety Audit going, okay, what, what can we put in place to make sure that doesn't happen? I'm a big proponent of, I call it nibble, don't scoff. So like, <laughs> is there a way you can kind of test it out first before going all in? And we do it, right? You know, you might put someone on a, a temporary part-time contract if it's, you know, if you were hiring someone and then suddenly you're like, okay, yeah, let's go full-time and then let's go, you know, before you would go in and go, right, full-time permanent contract for someone. But applying that to... Mm-hmm those decisions that we're really stuck on because you know when i moved to australia we never said we're going to go live in perth forever we said let's go for a year let's give it a try we still had a house in london we literally turned up with a rucksack each went on holiday via vietnam and then suddenly we're here and we're going let's give it another year okay let's give it a little bit longer and much to my mom's disappointment, you know, a house and two kids later we're we're here and we've been here 12 years and is it forever? I don't know, but we don't know what's around the corner. So being able to be kind of flexible with new information, we only make the best decision we can with what we know at the time. So there's no point beating yourself up and going, oh, if only I knew. Cause you don't know, right? Whether it's a financial decision or a life partner or a business partner or a job you never know until you've actually done it and tried it but that nibble approach Mm. kind of gives you permission to take action because when we're overthinking things it's like even if it's the tiniest of steps something to help you get more information and move forward will help you feel better about the situation often we're happiest when we're making progress and it almost doesn't matter what that progress is it's just moving forward on something in one part of our lives have an emor- enormous net positive across the board i love that nibble don't scoff and flip
0: a coin i actually really like that i like both of those but i love the flip the coin one in particular cuz it's so simple but you're mm. spot on in that you totally know what you want to do you just sometimes don't want to give yourself permission to say what it is you want to do and then the second you flip the coin and you get the thing that you didn't the The decision you didn't want is the one that comes up. You do get that feeling in your gut, like, mm-hmm. oh, damn it! And that's where you've got to listen to that and trust that, and then know, well, that's the thing that I that I should be doing. That's the thing that I really want. I think those, yeah. those, those are great. Those are fantastic hacks. Thank <laughs> you. Now, I've got. I asked. I've got two questions that I ask kind of every guest that I have on here because I love kind of sharing insights and learnings and recommendations for books or whatever that people have read. So the two questions I have for you is. Is there a a book that you can confidently say you've read and's kind of changed the game for you? And is there a quote that you or maybe it's nibble, nibble don't scoff, I'm not <laughs> sure. But is there is there a quote that you that you live by that really resonates
1: for you? Okay. So the quote I'll do first. Yeah. Uh, the one that I've got up on my mirror at the moment, I do a lot of thinking in the shower so I write things on the mirror and at the moment it's complexity is the enemy of execution you know the more complicated it seems the less likely we are to do it so that's you know the nibble don't scoff is just about that like find the tiniest way to chip away at it, something simple and then the whole thing just you know gains momentum you get that avalanche going so complexity is the enemy of execution often I overcomplicate things and then I go oh keep it simple stupid you know it's a similar kind of yes. notion to that uh, a book that, oh, a book that's changed my life. Mm, 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 mm. It's a little bit different to what we've been talking about, but there's a book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari, who's a British journalist. And it's really about how, you know, we're losing community. We're losing connection to fellow human beings and the impact that's having on mental health in terms of anxiety, depression. I don't think I've ever really experienced true depression, but I definitely burn out to the extent I was like you know crying every day and and felt pretty down about everything when I was in London and I read it a little while ago and it just oh it just clicked for me so much that we you know there's a lot of kind of popular self-help stuff which is like I saw like a, a women in business kind of thing and it was like oh behind every successful businesswoman is herself and you're like no, 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 Uh, there's no absolute, excuse my language, but no fucking way I would be here right now having this conversation if it wasn't for like an army of amazing people who've supported me along the way, whether it's like a little tip or or an invite to a podcast or recommendation. So that sense of community is really important to me. And I happen to live in this weird retirement village situation. And I knew when we moved in, I was like, oh, there's something just so nice about this. It's so nourishing. And then reading that book sort of crystallized for me, like why I like being here so Mm -hmm. much, knowing my neighbors really well, you know, there's some that I love and some that I've you know, less fond of, <laughs> 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 okay, at party. but but the fact that I get to see someone, you know, every morning it'll be like, oh look, there's Kim going to get the paper, Sandy's brought the bins in, oh, you know, Cecile, my next door neighbour, she's recently moved to a nursing home across the road, but, you know, being able to, you know, know she's there and that she's okay popping in um, and, you know, occasionally we'd get the call like, oh, can you come and help with this? Can you help me with my phone? And feeling that, I guess, feeling needed was nice as well, because we're, you know, a long way from my mum and uh, my in-laws as well. So I think it's a really nice thing for my kids as well to be exposed to people. You know, Olga's 100 now, (laughs) which is amazing. And, you know, there's quite a few in their 90s that are around. And, you know, as we mentioned right in our chat before, you know, we have lost people over the six years we've been here. But I think that's an important part of life for my children to see. And it's important for me to Mm -hmm. see and remember and be connected to people outside of my echo chamber, essentially, because I love hanging out with people who are similar to myself, who have similar interests, but it's really critical for all of us in a very segregated kind of society in terms of social media and our online kind of lives. You know, we're drawn to people who are like us. So to be exposed face-to-face in real life to people who hold different views, who think differently, uh-huh. who are in different careers and professions, or who are retired and have this amazing kind of perspective on. So yeah, Lost Connections by Johan Hari, mm. it's really lovely. Well you've motivated
0: me to check it out for sure. <laughs> I think you're spot on though. Like community community and connection and belonging mm. is really at the core of human beings. We've just we've just overcomplicated it though. With all the yeah. crap that's around and and you know technology that's ultimately designed to to elevate us in some ways, in um, a lot of ways, it's not not had that impact at all. And so I think mm. I think everything you're saying just ties back into that we're all human beings, cool, right? Like we're all human beings who want to feel seen, heard, noticed, valued,
1: and mm. community
0: and connection really drives that. So that's great recommendation. I will definitely check mm-hmm. that out. Now, yeah. lucky last question from me because I'm sure people will want to, what is the best way for people to connect? With you? I'm probably
1: most active on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out on there. Um, website is bethanwin.com.au. I'm also on Instagram. So if you want to see a bit more of the <laughs> reality of behind the scenes, then uh, probably my Instagram stories is the place to do that and see so, yeah, it. And I've got, you know, random little products and things that I use in training, like decision dice, there's some critical thinking cards, things like that, that, I kind of just make for fun and like because I think they're useful and uh, so they get legs and end up in my shop eventually so if anybody wants like a little way to nibble and see if they like what they what they hear today and want to learn more then uh, that's a great way to do that as well but do reach out I love hearing stories from people and what they're up to how they apply things or even if it's just a kind of conversation about you know, life changes and decision-making, then, yeah, as as hopefully it's come across, like, I love people, I love humans, and I love hearing people's stories. So, yeah, reach out. Don't be shy. (laughs) Awesome. And I'll make sure that I drop links
0: to all of those handles in the show notes and especially your critical thinking cards. I think those look awesome. So I'll definitely, I'll drop those in there as well. But this has been awesome. And we, I could still talk for hours, but I know we both (laughs) actually need to get back to our days, but thank you so much for being on the podcast, Bethan. It has been an absolute
1: pleasure having you here. Lovely to see you and speak to you. And I hope it's provided some value for your listeners. Absolutely. It has.
0: Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 and if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I would love if you would leave me a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this you can do it. You are doing it. And remember to sell yourself with confidence.